Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message. We hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now enjoy today's teaching. Now today, uh, we're going to start a new series, and the series is called What I Know So Far. Let me let me catch you up on something. Um, Tina and I, my wife Tina and I, just recently took a sabbatical, and uh, we took about five weeks where we traveled. Uh, honestly, we traveled to Australia for a while. We, we did a cruise around New Zealand. We came back and uh, spent a, a few nights at an island that I'll have to tell you about. That'll happen a few sermons from now. And uh, and then it ended up back home. But we did that in order to reset our thinking. You, know, you might wonder, what is a sabbatical and how does that work inside of the denomination, inside of ministry, and sometimes inside of academia, there is this thing called sabbatical. So after a few years in our denomination, after seven years, uh, a pastor is ex- is afforded an extended period of leave to go and kind of reset his thinking. Well, I've been in ministry for 35 years now, and um, I had never taken a full sabbatical. And so um, after 35 years, we figured, okay, maybe it's time. And let me tell you why I decided it was time. It became clear to me, and then it became clear to Tina as well, that it was becoming harder and harder and harder to stay focused on the things that are central, the things that really, really matter. And so we were, we were beginning to just really... I don't know, drift is the wrong word, but not be centered the way we should. And so we decided, let's go on sabbatical and let's see what God would do. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of hoped that when we went on sabbatical, that at some point along the way, um, I would receive, she would receive, we would receive some kind of, you know, miraculous uh, epiphany from God, some kind of John the Revelator moment where we come back and we, and we just unload and everybody goes, Wow, that's amazing! What God, I was I was hoping for one of those moments. Didn't work that way for us, but it did work because what God did for us is God really brought us back to the basics. God really took the role of coach in our lives and said, "Look." If we're going to continue on, if you're going to continue to function at the high levels I need you to, I'm going to need you to get back to the basics. And so for the next few weeks, that's what I want us to talk about. I want us to just talk about getting back to the basics. And and frankly, the center point of that all goes all the way back to the beginning of the book. In fact, I'm going to tell you, we're going to do this whole sermon series out of Genesis, and we're going to stay in the first five or six chapters. And and so when we do this out of Genesis, we do it because God's bringing us back to the basics. And frankly, everything that's happened with humanity down throughout history has been a repetitive stream, a repetitive cycle of what we see in the beginnings of time, in the beginnings of the book of Genesis. I'm going to show you some of this as we go along. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I, I got to tell you, here's the, here's the crux of that verse that I want you to capture. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. You have to understand that God is always first. 
And God is not always first because he somehow demands that he's first, or God is not always first because he somehow has this, uh, you know, this superiority complex where he, where he puts himself at the head of the table at all times. No, God just is first. God just is. And, and, and if God is first and we put anything else before him, it throws our entire world, our entire lives off kilter. It takes us it takes us off center because we don't have things in the right order. Listen, when you don't have things in the right order, it will mess up everything you do. Look, is most of you, can I be honest, most of you have a pattern in the morning and you follow that pattern. You get up, you do one thing, you do another. Maybe, maybe you get up and you brush your teeth and you take your med. Okay, I'll get up. I, I, I get up, I get my shower first, then I take all my meds and then I then I brush my teeth and then I then I get dressed and that's that's just the way that works. You know, if I do that out of order, I'll forget something. I'll, 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 I'll get off kilter. I'll be off balance. Your life is that way. If you get something else in front of God, it'll throw you off balance in the rest of your life. And frankly, what can happen, and this is what happened with Tina and I, I'm, or at least me, I won't speak for her. This is what happened with me is I think that, that 56 years of life and 35 years of ministry left me in a place where you, you're, you're not exactly sure if you've got God in the right place. You're not exactly sure all the things are balanced out right. It's not like horrible things are happening. It's not like terrible things are going on. It's just things aren't balanced the way they should be. And so there needed to be a reset of that balance. I think all of us have to go through that from time to time. You say, well, how do I make sure, how do I check to see that I've got God first? Well, Moses, the writer of the uh, of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy, Moses answers the question, how do we make sure that God is first? Listen to what he says. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. So all the law is written by Moses. It's all laid out, right? And this is it. He's, he's reminding them. This is what I've given you. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commandments that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Notice this. He says, I want you to find peace. I want you to live long lives. I want you to be healthy, balanced, and peaceful people. You're going to do that by following the laws of God. Then he gets into what is known as the Shema of the Old Testament, which is which is the central core statement of Jewish religious belief. Listen to this. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised. Here's the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, that sounds familiar to you because Jesus repeats that in the New Testament and then adds to it and love your neighbor as yourself. So he gives two commandments that he says covers the entire law. In other words, you will find peace and you will find balance when you put God first and you love your neighbor as yourself. When you love God and love people properly, you will find balance. These commandments, he says, that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You need to understand, 
putting God's first is putting God in his natural place. God's natural place in our life is the first place. When we put God somewhere else, watch, it's like having someone in your house. If you invite someone to dinner and they're, they're, they're very important in your life and they end up, let's just say, okay, in my house, there's the dinner table, right? There's this huge table. And then there's four chairs across the bar that are just the other side of the, of the stove, right? So, so if I have somebody at my house that I believe needs a place of honor, they end up at the table. They don't have to be at the head of the table. They don't, it doesn't matter what they need to be at the table. If someone that I believe needs a place of honor ends up sitting at the bar, I all of a sudden the whole night is messed up. I'm awkward. I feel bad. It's not right. Why? Because that person is not where they belong. That's the way it's going to work with God. If you get God somewhere in your life other than first, you're going to find this unbalanced because it's just not natural. Now, let, let me unpack a few things that will take place when we get this right. When you get God first, when you get God in his right place, it brings blessings into your life. He says, he says, do this so that you and your children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commandments so that you might enjoy a long life and obey them as you enter this land that I'm giving you, which is, listen to his words, flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God, promised your ancestors. In other words, what we've got to understand is that when we get God first, it brings blessings into our lives. Now, listen, I, I want you to understand, blessings are not, I'm not saying that when you put God first, he's going to give you a Mercedes. That's, that's, I, I, we get that all messed up. We get that all mixed up in our heads, right? That, that's not what I mean. Blessing is, comes when, we, when life is balanced, when we've got things in order, when we're doing things right, when we're healthy, when we're, when we're finding peace. That's blessing. Okay, when I make a series of good choices, I, I have good consequences. We throw those good consequences on a pile. When that pile gets big enough, it falls over on me. That's called blessing. All the good consequences piled up drop on me, and that's called blessing. If I make a bad choice, it, it drops on another pile. If my pile of bad choices gets so high that it falls on me, we call that cursing. Look, God will bless us when we get things in order. When you have your life in order and you have people in the right place, you're going to find that there's blessing in life because there's balance, because there's health, because it feels right. You think you're making right decisions. When you remember God's commands, when you remember God's decrees, when you remember who God is, it will change the way your life, your, you live your life and you will be blessed. You say, well, how does it do that? Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Putting God first brings blessings because it centers my heart. It is my heart centered in one place. Listen, I, I hear people all the time say, follow your heart. Follow your heart. The heart wants what it wants. No, no, no. If you just follow your heart, what they mean by that when they say that is they're saying, follow your feelings. Your feelings are going to take you the wrong direction. Frankly, my feelings would take me pretty consistently to Dairy Queen and Krispy Kreme, and then I would have diabetes, and I'd be sick, and I would not find balance, and I would not be healthy. You see how that, how that works? But, but my, if, I, if I can teach my heart to follow God rather than me trying to follow my feelings, I know I'm centered properly. So it blesses me because it centers my heart on Him. 
it settles, secondly, it settles my mind. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. What he means here, the idea here is you need to think about them. You need to have them on your minds. Why do I find blessing when I put God first? Because my heart gets centered and my mind gets settled. Y'all, there's so much anxiety and stress in the world around us right now. And part of it is because the world is unbalanced because it's not following God. We've got to get back to following God because our minds can settle. When we finally find one thing, look, if you listen to books written by by elite athletes, what you find is they settle their hearts on what they're going to do. And then they settle their, they center their hearts on what they're going to do. Then they settle their minds to focus on that one thing. But in life, it's not like that. We're not, most of us, the vast majority of us, are not trying to win an ultra marathon, nor are we trying to win a Super Bowl. We're trying to, we're trying to win at life. And the way we do that is settling our hearts on who should be first. That's God. And then settling our mind on thinking about him. When we center our hearts on him, it settles our minds because we know what to think about and we know what to point toward. We find blessing in God because we center our hearts on him and that settles our minds. Then it says, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Talk about God. Talk about what God has done. And you know what that's going to do? It's, but once you center your heart, settles your mind, now this will strengthen your relationships because you'll find that what you talk about is the goodness of God, what God is doing for you, what God, where God is taking you, where God is leading you. And people begin to understand this is what comes through. Look, if you want to know what's in a glass, bump it because whatever's in the glass is going to fall out. If you want to know what's in a person, get them comfortable and let them just talk without thinking and you'll find out what's in there. If you get comfortable and you're not thinking and what you talk about is God and his blessings and his goodness and what he's doing in your life, that means you're full of what God wants for you. You have centered your heart and settled your mind and that will strengthen your relationships because people won't be questioning where you're coming from. They won't be questioning what your motives are. They won't be they won't be just looking at you saying he's just trying to get one over. No, he's not trying to get one over on me. He's trying to follow God. He's doing what God told him to do. And when people know that about you, they trust you. They trust you because they know you're anchored in a center point that is putting God first. When we put God first, we find blessings because it because it centers my heart, it settles my mind, and it strengthens my relationship. Then it says this, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses on your, on your gates. Watch. Putting God first blesses me because it centers my heart and it settles my mind. Once it does that, that it will begin to strengthen my relationship. And then I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Then it determines my surroundings. I want you to hear me. We are all going to be surrounded by something. And the one thing that is true is you will be surrounded by things you have chosen to put around you. And if you don't stay focused somehow, if you don't keep your life focused on what really matters and what's really important, you're going to be surrounded by junk. Listen to me very carefully. People who do not focus on what is important and what matters become emotional hoarders and they end up with a life so full of 
junk that they can't emotionally move around freely. It traps them. When you focus on what is important, you're able to keep around you what really matters and let go of what does not. You can begin to clean up your life, clean up your emotional clutter by focusing on God because all of a sudden you know what's most important. It's God. Your heart is centered. Your mind is now settled so you can look at some of these things in your life that have happened and you just let go of them because they don't matter. God said that God said you're forgiven for it, so it's gone. God said you're set free, so it's gone. All of that can happen in your life. Then that strengthens your relationships, and now it cleans up your surroundings, and you're surrounded by God's presence, God's word, God's hope, God's promises, rather than all of the clutter of life's pain and life's difficulty. Do you see what happens when we put God first? When we put God first, when he's in his right place, my life is blessed. So I got a question for you. The truth is that life jacks us up. The truth is that life hurts. The truth is that life is difficult and painful at times. All of that's true. I'd love to tell you it's not, but it is. But if we get God first, we can put all that in perspective. We can, settle, we, we, we can center our hearts on him, which settles our minds on him which strengthens our relationships around him and then and then determines our surroundings because we're surrounded by him and his blessing. We need to get God first. So let me ask you a question. Has life led you to a place where you're not sure you have God first anymore? If that's true, it's time for you to back up. It's time for you to take a break. Take a good hard look at everything around you and make sure you're willing to put God first. Ask him to forgive you. Repent of putting him repent of putting him at the bar. And tell him to come back to the table and give him the seat of honor in your life. He won't make you throw everything else away and everyone else away. He'll just get it all in the right order so you can find blessing and you can find peace. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would show us you would center in our hearts who you are and how we, how we may, Lord, maybe show us how we have not put you first so that we can make the changes. Lord, we repent, I repent, for not always having you at the first place, for somehow allowing the pressures of life, the pressures of ministry, the pressures of whatever to come in and, and steal the place you deserve at the table in my life. Lord, let me let all those other things sit in different places so that I can get you at the very center. Center my heart on you. Settle my mind on you. Ah, strengthen my relationships around you. And determine my surroundings by who you are and what you want to do in my life. And Lord, we'll give you praise for everything you do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every day. If you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends. Lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything you can do to help. 
Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.